welcome y'all to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you're here. I know um, I was gone last Sunday. I was preaching at Glassy Chapel, and uh, Reverend Strait preached for me. I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing, right? Taking out the text. He's probably he probably had a good did a good job. I'm actually on vacation this week, though. Um, we leave today for Edisto Beach. Uh, John Rush and John Tomanco are two of our retired uh, clergy this week, and they're going to help out with anything that should come along. Uh, so if you have any pastoral care thing, make sure you tell Beth and uh, in the church office, and she'll make sure that I know. Um, a couple things. Normally we would have an exploring membership class today, but given the fourth weekend, I knew uh, it'd be a different sort of day today, so we pushed that back one week. So if you have family or friends or anyone interested, or if you are interested in coming to our exploring membership class, it will be next Sunday at 10 o'clock in the social hall, which is between here and uh, the gym. I'm going to call on Erin, who just walked in the door. I'll give her a second. Erin is our new uh, Director of Children and Family Ministries. She's also doing the children's choir. She's also doing a brand new position we've never had before. I'm going to have you go to the microphone, Erin. Uh, church Administrator. So she's helping us with all kinds of amazing digital structure that as we grow, we'll be ready for it. One of which you shared last week, which is online giving, which is a big, big deal. Well, thank you, Joe. And I was with children, if anybody wonders why I'm sliding in at the last minute. Uh, I am Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and then some. Um, but as the Director of Children and Ministries, I have a few announcements today. Um, first of all, some of you may be familiar with our check-in system. Your child would get a sticker. I, have my, I had a name tag over here, so I moved it. But um, a parent gets a corresponding sticker so that only you can pick up your child um, for security. But this system has a lot of other benefits as well. First of all, I get to learn your children's names a whole lot faster because it's written on them and I can get it right. Um, but maybe more significantly to your child, um, they will begin to get rewards for good attendance. So if someone is here for Sunday school for an entire month, I'll put a little note with a little gift, say stickers, in the mail to them to just acknowledge that they were here and appreciate them for that. I know that my children had that system and it really motivated them to want to be here. We were at Disney World and my daughter was complaining about missing church, and I think that's a success story. Um, so um, children will sign in all the way from infants to fifth graders, and they'll do it for every program we have here. Uh, I understand that infants have not been signing in at 11 for nursery in the past, but we'll have a kiosk set up for you to do that. Um, we may move it around a little bit till we find the perfect spot, but that just makes sure that your children are safe when they're with us and uh, all the other benefits as well. Uh, second announcement, I see some of the bags in the, in the hands of children out here, but the worship bags that children use have changed. I already know an improvement to make from watching kids for one day with them. Um, I had written younger children and put, in, put coloring sheets in, and older children and had worship notes and puzzles as well as coloring pages. Well, guess what? Some older children like to color more than they like to take notes on the sermon. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> But I want them to be engaged in the, in the service in whatever way suits their personality. So I will be changing the labels from young and old to coloring pages and something else um, because we want kids to engage in. And the, the materials in those bags will uh, relate to Joe's sermon um, and the season and other things that are going on here. So even if they're coloring, hopefully their ears are open and they're learning something. Uh, next would be uh, third grade Bibles. So if you have a rising third grader, that is a really special time in the life of a child in the church is to receive that Bible in a service on Promotion Sunday here. Um, and I just want to make sure I have all their names. Being new, I won't be able to think through all the problems that someone who may be missing on the roster in Sunday school. So if you have a third grader, uh, please let me know. I had a roster over in the check-in, but um, since you're here now, we may have to uh, talk after, or you can email me at memorialumcaaron at gmail.com, and we will be getting my email on the website, I assume, at some point. Um, lastly, uh, Wonderful Wednesdays. That's a program, if you aren't familiar, that runs all through the month of June and July. Um, so we have have four more weeks of Wonderful Wednesdays from 9 to 11.30 on Wednesday mornings. You can bring your children potty trained to fifth grade here for a great lesson and a lot of fun. Uh, this week will be Water Day. Uh, so we'll be studying Jonah 
and uh, that will correspond with Joe's sermon the next week. Uh, and your kids need to be dressed um, to get wet, have sunblock on, and probably you'll want to change of clothes before they get in your car again. Um, but do join us for Wonderful Wednesdays. It's a lot of fun. There is a, a, a schedule for the year at the check-in desk um, for the rest of this month. Um, all of them are on the theme of Bible Olympics. So we're going to be studying character traits of Bible Olympians that we want to have ourselves. Thank you. I've really enjoyed this time. In just two weeks, I feel much a part of this congregation, and I'm looking forward to serving you further. Erin's not playing. She's not. She's uh, she is very fun and exciting, and uh, same as when Renessa walked in the door. Um, it's, it's been fun to add her to our family. You're going to see far more uniform emails for our whole staff, too, as she mentioned. It's basically, it's Memorial UMC, the first name of each staff person, at gmail.com, is a way to reach any of us. I want you to take your bulletin and look at the financial section of the bulletin, because I want to tell you a change that's coming. I want you to pay attention to that every week. As you can see, you can only see the snapshot of last week. So you have no understanding of the entire year. So you could look at that, and it could be the first week of the month, and it could say, we received 16000 and we only need ten. And we think, golly, it's tremendous. Or it could be the fourth week of the month, and we say, we got 6000 and we need ten, and think, oh, merciful. But if you had a percentage there of we're 58% of the way through the year, and we received 57% of what we've hoped for for the year, I think that can give you a far better um, picture of where we are and how we're going. So if y'all just, I just encourage you as we continue to shift the bulletin to be even better um, to pay attention to it. Um, we used books last year uh, in the fall, and we gave you the book the day the series started. We're going to get way far out in advance this year about that. And we're using a, a book by Bishop Will Williman. It's his brand new book, and it's about um, the Christian response to fear. You know, sometimes our leaders motivate us with fear and get us to do really negative things. Sometimes we behave negatively. That's going to start on August 17th, and it's the culmination of it is going to be October 16th. Bishop Williman is coming here to preach, and we'll, um, after I've talked about it this whole time, he's going to speak. You will hear it from him, uh, which is going to be very exciting. So um, we'll tell you that book and get that out to you uh, much faster so you can have advance notice. I think that's everything. Let's begin our service.
please stand as you're able and join us in our first hymn, number 660. Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. The reading from Psalm 47, verses 1 through 7. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. How awesome is the Lord Most High, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this house where we may come and gather. We thank you for a time of recreation in this coming week. And we consider those who cannot be with us because they are serving around the world. Be with all those who are traveling great distances to be with family. Bless the tables that our family and friends sit around. Bless the food that we all eat, that we may honor and glorify you in a time of rest. As we read the text again today from Exodus, and we understand the wild ups and downs of the journey away from Egypt and to the Promised Land. Help us, Lord, to see your consistency, your provision that preceded their action, and the amazing nature of your love that was present that day and this day. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. It's now time to share our tithes and other offerings. And if you will take the attendance register that's on either side of your pew to pass it. And if you would like to share any sort of contact information with us, we will uh, contact you in that way.
continue in our series of uh, scripture passages that involve water in any way, shape, or form. Figuring y'all would be going out to all sorts of different water all summer long. We've chosen scripture passages through July where people learned a great deal about themselves or about one another and also about God while near a body of water or in desperate need of water. So today is a continuation of that and it's the journey of the Israelites out of the promised land out of the uh, Egypt and to the promised land. So you can turn to Exodus page 15. You can find it on page 110. And I read parts of it. So if you want to keep reading, you can keep it open. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise Him. My Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name. Pharaoh's chariots and His army He has hurled into the sea. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this scripture passage starts the same way that the psalm started in our first scripture reading, which is total excitement, total joy, the love of what God has done not only for me, 
but for my father and for his father and everyone going back, we're so excited about what God has done for us. It's a song of thanksgiving. If you remember in week one, this is basically all I wanted to do. We looked at the creation story and we read about the water coming out of the ground and because the water came out of the ground, all the vegetation was able to come as well. Normally when you hear about the creation story, we focus on Adam, we focus on Eve, we focus on the tree and all that stuff and uh, actually that plays in perfectly to the point today. The thing I want to notice is the water that created it all, that nourishes it all, sustains it so that it can continue until today. So those people, number one, are celebrating the fact that there is water and that sustains life. But in a different sort of way, they're also celebrating water that parted so that they could get through so that their lives wouldn't end. And in fact, their pursuers' lives did. So it's a double thank you for water and what water is doing for us. And I like how he says our praise goes way back. My father taught me to praise God for this water. I am grateful for this water. I will teach my children to be grateful for this water. Then look at verse 20. Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, which is a tambourine, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. Meaning the chariots that the Egyptians had were chasing after them. Those chariots would have easily caught them. And the parting of the sea and the closing back of the sea saved their very lives so that they could continue going forward. So Miriam's deeply connected to this story by blood. She also knows the struggle of Pharaoh coming after all of them. She knows the escape. And she knows now what it means to be free. And so two entirely, uh, are two very different people with a very similar story are celebrating with everything that they have. You know, like uh, if you have ever been caught on Highway 29 at an intersection singing a song that just sort of struck a nerve with you, but all of a sudden you're at a red light and then all of a sudden there's somebody beside you and they notice that you are singing that song, I would say, like it matters. They are singing and ringing and in great joy. One of the best SNL Saturday Night Live skits of all time was Will Ferrell in a band with a cowbell. And that was the only thing that he had in the band. And he was hitting it so hard that the other band members, I can't even get it out, other band members were wondering, do you really need to be that enthusiastic about that cowbell? You can go look it up on YouTube and it, it will bless your afternoon, I can guarantee it. But he has great enthusiasm as he's hitting it. She has great enthusiasm and all the people following her have great enthusiasm. Verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled into the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why they call the place Mara. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Deeply sad. You know, like if you drove 12 hours with your children to Disney and you were at Disney and they wanted a snow cone at Disney and the snow cone wasn't going to work out and we lost our minds about the snow cone while we're at Disney. And when we travel 12 hours just to get there, okay? It goes down quickly. Notice he says for three days. There are many instances in the Bible where someone did something for three days and it was full of um, fear, maybe pain, loss, confusion, uncertainty. Is that a, um, maybe I'm saying the same thing in a couple different words, but for three days we're wondering what we're going to do. You know, like when we sprint from the handshake there at the end of the sanctuary to our car to turn on the AC and then from our car with the AC to the restaurant or to our home and that heat beats us up. Imagine being in the desert and uh, I'm getting thirsty just thinking about it. 24 hours. 48 hours. 72 hours. 
and then the water that we find is bitter. It isn't good water. So that's even worse, I would think, than finding no water. Like we have to really pay attention to our water bowl in the backyard for our dog because it'll get full of junk and this thing isn't helpful at all. I want the water that can help me. And number one, looking for it. Number two, we've gone to this place. And number three, the water that we found is bitter. We're going to grumble against Moses now. So as you sit around a table with a bunch of people and you tell stories from 20 years back and you bring up five or six of the same stories, how many times would you think someone in the midst of that story remembers something really hard or painful or someone that did something dumb or luggage that was lost or a meal that was ruined or whatever? It's a thing that just it's burned in your memory. Imagine if you stopped calling Charlotte, Charlotte, and you started calling it luggage lost based on what happened. So these people, when something major happens or some sort of event, that's the name of this place now. And it's hard when someone asks you how your trip was or how your vacation was or whatever it may be, that thing, that struggle pops right in your head. This is... Uh, one of my top two fears in all of ministry because I am part of putting together so many worship services, so many social gatherings, so many events on campus that I think, what's the one thing people are going to say that didn't work out about this event? And then try to make sure that that one thing does not happen. Because I know, and I, you know, I have that tendency too. You remember the thing that was a struggle. So are they going to remember in their singing what happened? Or are they going to remember the water and the bitterness? And so the pattern is, something happens out there. The people turn to Moses and say, what'd you bring us out here to kill us? Then Moses looks up at God and says, what'd you give me these people for? Did you, did, did you ask me to bring them out so that we'll all die? Verse 25. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all of His decrees, I will not bring on you any diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and they camped there near the water. So, how many springs? Notice how many times you see those numbers again. A positive uh, version of those numbers. So, this is a fight against bitterness. And it's not about the water that's in the ground. It's about humans' natural tendency to remember the thing that was hard and sort of dwell on it and give up the rest. This path that they take through the desert for all those years is full of opportunities in which God provides something for them and then says, and I am now going to establish something with you. And going forward, you're going to participate in the promise that we've made. And of course, that image extends all the way to the table today. Those disciples who were with Jesus that year to three years, those amazing times in the Sea of Galilee when all of them, the people were being healed, the people were being fed. We're so popular. Everybody loves us. I wonder if I can be on your right side. No, I was thinking I could be on your right side. Which one of you think is the greatest is now boiled down to a table the night before a trial, before he's found guilty? before he'll be crucified and in the tomb for three days, leading to tons of confusion. Couldn't those guys that day at that meal think, so this isn't worth it. I might should have stayed being a fisherman at home where I knew what I was doing. And that's the thing we've got to recognize in ourselves. That when we experience some sort of trial, some sort of struggle, whether it be this big or whether it be this big, that the thing that preceded that is just mountains of love and grace and provision on behalf of our God that we just sort of blow past. So it's our duty to notice. It's our duty to understand that our lives will not be simple. They'll not be perfect. 
that free will, the thing, the thing that we love so much when we get to make our own choices, will also cause us great pain on the behalf of our choices and others' choices. And that understanding the love that goes before a covenant, the love that goes before your life, the love that goes before you ever do anything, say anything, promise anything, or even try to live it out, has gone before every human being that's ever been. So I hope as you're by any body of water this summer, especially tomorrow as you're traveling all sorts of different places, understand that provision that's gone before you. As you come to the table and you're offered this opportunity for covenant, for love, for mercy, understand the, the um, mercy and the love that's gone before you so that you may respond to it with your own action. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your patience as we try to figure out this life and the opportunities that you have given us. Bless us in this time together, in this opportunity, opportunity that we have to participate in the covenant and the liturgy of Holy Communion. Make it new for us this day that we may honor and glorify you through our participation. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you will turn to page 12 in your hymnal to participate in the covenant liturgy. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Public confession is so important because if you think I'm not worthy, I'm not capable, I'm not an instrument of God's love because of my weaknesses, because of my decisions, understand that we've all said that. If you feel like, uh, I really think I might be the one that sits on his right. I think I'm doing a pretty good job this week. Understand that we've all confessed together. Confession is such an important part, but the pardon is as well. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. If you'll simply turn to your neighbor and say, Peace be with you to honor this covenant. If you'll look now to the great thanksgiving on page 13. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Amen. 
On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. I'm going to invite our servers to come forward, please. In the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward are welcome to do so. We serve by giving you a piece of bread and cup. You'll come by the outside of your aisle as led by the ushers. You can kneel on our benches. If it's not comfortable for you to kneel, you can certainly stand. If you need gluten-free elements, they're on the corner of each side. And if you're the leader at this point, if you'll come to this point so that you can lead them back to that point. If you need us to come to you in your pew, um, we will be happy to do so. I'm going to call the um, choir to come first. now and go in peace. Change on our altar. It's for the purpose it goes towards the um, Good Samaritan Fund which helps local people in our community.
Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for bringing us to this table and for offering us a new covenant despite our actions and our words. Help us, Lord, inspired by you to live in your name by what we say and what we do. Remind us that every table between now and the next time we join around this table is an opportunity to share your love with one another. Bless us as we go forth from your table to serve you. Amen. Please stand for our final hymn, number 696. do something kind of out of the ordinary, um, so I'm going to have you be seated just for a minute. Uh, Any time that Don gets behind the piano is a fun time, 
and he said for this occasion he'd like to play the Stars and Stripes forever on the piano. There's always a tension uh, for me given um, my seminary experience between the nation and the God, um, but I think it's uh, a little bit of fun for Don to come out and play. I think he's coming. There we go. And he's going to sing our, our play Stars and Stripes forever for you. Um, I guess before we do that, I'll give you the benediction and you can remain seated. Um, go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Oh, you're singing too. Don is already planning concerts coming for the fall, so uh, we'll get those dates out to you as soon as possible. Have a great holiday.